The city of Brockton is now in your hands. The Brockton Mass City of Champions app is a revolutionary civic app that will give whoever downloads it a full picture of the city of Brockton. Users of this app can discover new businesses and restaurants, have access to the local transit system schedule, learn who the Brockton elected officials are, explore attractions and amenities, and stay up to date with the latest news and information going on in the City of Champions. Among the many amazing features of the app is its business directory feature. This business directory is comprised of over 2,000 known businesses in the City of Champions. Business owners who claim their business will have the advantage of free promotion on the app. They will have the ability to inform users of their menus, special deals and discounts, and any other pertinent information. Here's how to claim your business. First, on a laptop or computer, visit claim.mycivicapps.com and click the Claim My Business button at the bottom of the screen. Next, type in Brockton Mass City of Champions plus your business name in the appropriate search bars. Once your business appears on the screen, press Claim, enter a name, email, and password for the account, and click Continue. Finally, fill out all of your pertinent business information. This includes everything from the business location, hours, and more. Once complete, click the Save and Send to Moderator button for a final approval. Once the moderator approves, your account is all yours to customize and use however is best for your business. If you cannot find your business on the app, please email listmylocalbusiness at gmail.com and a moderator will ensure your business is inputted into the app for you to claim. The Brockton Mass City of Champions app is available for download on both the Apple and Android app stores. Download the app today. Fighting critters in the front yard ever feel like you're in the front lines? You buy tons of name brand can killers that swear up and down they'll take out the problem first spray. Well, our intel says otherwise. Forget all that. Call us, Old Colony Pest Control. Tell them that Red Revere sent you. We handle commercial and residential pest control needs. Take care of anything from ants, roaches, ticks, mosquitoes, rats, and more. No wildlife or termites at this time. Call us at 774-400-5993, and we'll bring in the big guns. Sugar the Play, a cash team production, is looking for actors and singers to fill several slots for this upcoming live play. For more information, please call 216-394-8926. That's Sugar the Play, auditions at 216-394-8926. Let me tell you who to blame. Blame the boy lying at your feet his body oozing life through the hole in his stomach where the bullet tore him apart. Blame him for challenging you, for not looking away and for not backing down when you pulled out the gun. Blame your mother for bringing you into this world when she was but a kid herself and for dragging you up, not bringing you up. Blame society for not giving you hope. Blame your father for not being there, the man who looked after himself instead of looking after you. Blame the gun in your hand for making you a target, for making you more likely to be picked on. Blame the dead boy, blame your mother, blame society, blame your father, blame the gun. Blame anyone but yourself for not being strong enough to put down the gun, to break the cycle.
This is Dion Marie, and you're listening to Hoobazoo.com. The truth is, these kids need discipline. You know, I really believe they they want to be pushed to the limit. And then good stuff happens. Harmon! Harmon! What the hell? Okay, midway. Clear out. This is heat exhaustion. I'm going to cool down his core. Take his pants off. Hey, you really don't need to film this, all right? Where are you going to put that rod? Hold his leg up. Stand back. What are you... Oh, oh, oh! I said, don't film this. Get away from it. Move out of the way. <laughs> be all right, son. And go down. Good. Is everything okay? Are you all right? I'm going to slip. What's... Whoa. Okay, we got another one. Take his pants off. I'm going to have to cool down his car. Hey, he looks pretty bad. You might want to use two of those. Gotcha. Back away. You're filming this, right? No, this is bad. Don't do it. Oh! <laughs> Lucky bastard. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? your boy since one broadcasting live from the city of champions you are listening to the booth and that was our brand spanking new intro for 2022 i got to thank my special guest from last week anthony maurice who was in the movie don't look up on netflix uh that movie just came out two months ago so if you haven't seen the movie don't look up on netflix please check it out anthony maurice was on the show last week big shout out to him and um as you guys can see We've got my first guest already in, ready to go, and she's on here tonight because she made history, literally, like like she made history. Lei Wang is the first Asian woman to complete the Explorer's Peak, and 
this is a major huge accomplishment not many people can do this she's going to talk to us about how she she actually almost died on this exploration and it's an exploration that took six years now the funny thing about this she's in seattle now and um as we were talking off air we were talking about boston she is actually originally from the boston area which is awesome to have people come on here and have that boston connection and she's going to actually talk to us how boston actually helped her prepare and train for this so lay say hello to everybody watching and introduce yourself and let them know why you're here Thank you, Keith. Yeah, I love Boston. When I hear Boston, I'm like my heart rate, my everything goes like, ah, I'm excited about Boston. <laughs> so actually my whole, this whole dream about climbing mountains, like Explorers Grand Slam all started in Boston. And that was the first winter when I moved to Boston, that I moved to Boston late 2003. Mm-hmm. I lived in Back Bay and I think people all know Back Bay, you only need to walk one block. You can go to the shopping market, the restaurant, or go to the right. tea. You don't have to travel far. And I live on Newbury Street. In case you don't know, it's three blocks away from Charles River. However, I was so scared of the cold. For the whole winter, I didn't even venture out to Charles River because I thought that was too far for me to walk. Then in February 2004, there's one documentary movie called Touching the White came to Kendall Square Theater. And if you know from Back Bay to Kendall Square Theater, it's not a very trivial thing for someone who cannot even walk to Charles River. But that right, was right. a big adventure for me. That's my first big adventure to go from Back Bay to Kendall Square in mid of the winter night, so cold. So many times on that way, I was debating, should I turn around? This is too cold. Should I go home? Why do I have to see this movie? But that movie changed my life. So after that movie, I started to search, how do I drive outside the city, go to White Mountains, how I can learn hiking? And of course, I started running along Charles River. I learned how to go to the Charles River by going to that movie. So yeah, so Boston provided the best training ground for me because it's so cold. So I, I tell people like, if I can survive winter in New England, I, I have the confidence I can survive anywhere in the world. So I think that was true. So New England provided a lot of storms, super cold conditions, really tough to run in the winter. People all know in the winter, the street or trails are covered in ice, not just rain. So to be able to continue to train in the winter takes a lot of work. So definitely Boston prepared me for the other adventures. Now you climbed. Now, for those who don't know what the Explorer's Peak is, the Explorer's Peak is the task of climbing all of the seven mountains around the world. Now, for you, you completed this task. Now, what was the first mountain you started with? What was the first one that you... Now, did you have an advisor to tell you, like, what to do first and how to get into this? Did you have somebody that, that, that talked to you about this? Actually, when I started, I knew nothing about the climbing. My original dream was to climb Everest because okay. that time, as you know, some, for someone who live in Back Bay, don't know how to go to Charles River, barely can go to the gym, barely can 
get up from the couch, right? So when I after I watch that movie, I go, oh my god, people can be so amazing, can be so strong. What I'm sitting here, I want to do something amazing or big or not normal. So I had this daydream about climbing Mount Everest. Then of course I know you cannot just jump from your couch to Everest. So I have to find some other mountain to train. So I discovered this seven summits, which is the highest mountain on each of the seven continents. Mm -hmm. And some were smaller, some like easier. So, oh, that's a perfect land up. If I just go from the easiest one to the hardest one, I can train myself for Everest. So that's how I started this dream. Now climbing the seven summits, then plus the North Pole and the South Pole to make it the Explorer's Grand Slam. So that's the, just my, I dropped, daydreamed my plan. Then I Google, I Google to, to find out those mountains, how they land up from small to bigger ones. Then I searched online, okay, what do I need to learn? I need to know how to go hiking. I need to know how to climb. I need to know how to survive in the winter. So I Googled, then I searched who can teach me. So in North Conway and the Maine, there's a lot of great mountain guides. Yes, they were able to teach me. So that's where I searched up who would be the best person to teach me this, teach me that. So I immediately signed up classes to learn introduction to rock climbing, to learn winter survival, to learn all kinds of skills from those professional guys. Wow, we got a lot. Actually, we got a lot of people in the chat listening. Dave Haggerty, Dougie Brown, Felicia Damon says it's an honor to watch this interview. I'm excited to see you. Viana Marie just says, wow, and puts a giant heart for what you were just talking about. Kevin Jeffries, host of Kevin's Happy Hour with Lido. He says, yo, he's excited about this show. And a, a lot of people are tuning in, so I want to thank everybody who's tuning into this show live. Again, this is Lei Wang. She's on the show with us. And you, you're talking about how Boston prepared you, how you started off doing this, this challenge, which... We talked off air and you said it took six years to complete this task with Everest being the, the hardest and you almost died on Everest. A lot of, We hear a lot of stories, you know, lack of oxygen, things of that sort. What exactly happened to you on Mount Everest that put your life in danger? Well, there are several things happening. First of all, despite the six years of training, I, if you knew me before, I was a book nerd. I worked in the corporate, I went to school, I study. I don't run, I don't go to gym. I'm not the one who's throwing the ball in the field kind of person. I was like a pure book nerd. So for me to start training at such a late age, it's very slow progress. So even after six years, when I showed up on the mountain, I was still the smallest of that I cannot change. I was only five, five foot one, and I was the <laughs> slowest, I was the weakest one. So I was like positioned like a least likely person to succeed on this mountain. Then halfway through, I got sick. I got an infection in my lungs that I had to be sent off the mountain. So I don't know how that compared to COVID because I didn't have COVID, but I was having trouble breathing. I, I couldn't speak. I just couldn't even barely can walk a few steps. So I had to be sent off the mountain to recover in a village for five days. Okay. So that it was a big setback. Then luckily I recovered and it went back to the mountain. 
then on the way to the summit, of course, there's always glitches happening. That's when my halfway through my oxygen bottle was malfunctioning, was kind of leaking. <coughs> so that caused a lot of panic because at that altitude, normal people without supplemental oxygen cannot survive more than like say a few hours. And I was purely an ordinary person. I was not a kind of entrepreneur who can go to Mount Everest without supplemental oxygen. I need it. So that few minutes when my Sherpa was helping me to fix the bottle, I would feel like a suffocating. I was all the scenario plays through my head. I'm like, wow, this is a textbook version. That's the worst thing can happen because oxygen bottle goes wrong, then you cannot move, then you're gonna die, then everything's gonna happen. That was a scary moment. Yes. Wow, that is crazy. And you you still continue to find it within yourself to push on and still, com- I hate to say this like this, but complete this monumentous task. <laughs> I hate to use that 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 word, but it, it is. It's it's insane. And, and you know, because most people, most people, if they had went back to that village sick like you were, most people would say, you know what? I'm, I'm done. I'm not, this isn't for me. But you stayed, you recovered in five days, and you said, up, oh, I'm going back up. And did any, no one tried to talk you out of it and say, no, this isn't for you? You, no, you just said, I'm, I'm doing this. Yeah, actually, what you hit upon is a totally real true point. During those five days when I was just sitting in that village, all I was doing was sleeping, eating, drinking, stare outside the window, look at the mountain and daydreaming. I wonder what I'm doing here. Like when I can get back, I couldn't do anything physical. All I was doing just resting, eating, sleeping. And during those five days, every day, there's one of my teammates came by to say goodbye. Not because something wrong with me there, because they gave up. Every day there's one teammate give up climbing for reasons I don't feel well. I don't feel this is the right time for me. This is too hard. I miss home. It's just for all kinds of reasons people were giving up. And at that time, I was suffering pain. And actually, my friend on Facebook was posting, hey, Lei, this is too much. Come home. Because this was even hard for people who are outsiders uh, just watching me suffering there. So it was totally true. Well, that's the People ask me what's the hardest part about Everest. It's not the physical part. Physical part, if you're strong, you can bear it. But the mental part is so hard. Think about you are the weakest one, slowest one, least likely one, and you are sick. And people who are stronger, more experienced than you are quitting. And home is calling, warm, love, comfort, everything is just within reach. If you decide to give up, you can just quit. Go home. You don't have to suffer for two months on this mountain with so much pain. Wow! Wow! It, it, I've got a lot. I've got a lot. Actually, I got a lot of questions coming into the chat for you. Uh, Douglas Brown was wondering if what you suffered on the Mount Everest, if it was almost similar to what you suffer when you get the bends as a as a diver when you go down so far and come up too fast, and then you have this thing where you can get sick the oxygen issues and you can get sick so he was kind of wondering if it was almost similar when you had the oxygen bottle issues being up you know being up so high um and then i have felicia damon 
She is asking, what would you say to encourage other women to follow their dreams? Uh, well, the first one, comparing diving versus climbing, I think they're totally different. So it's uh, <clears throat> the altitude, the altitude, maybe if I, I'm not a doctor or now that I'm not a scientist, I don't know physically how to compare. I would encourage you to mm-hmm. research that I'm not authorized to answer that. And for topic to empower women, definitely I'm passionate about empowering women. I want to encourage girls, women, doesn't matter what's your age, what's your profession, what you what's your have hobby, what's your passion, what you're doing. Yes, we all need to help each other to be strong, to empower each other. So that's why actually I'm a coach that I'm passionate about helping women grow their business, be strong in their life, trust themselves, rely on their own power. Because like on Everest, doesn't matter. People are cheering up, cheering you up, or people are saying discouraging things. Most important is what do you say to yourself? Like when I was facing of other people look at me like, who are you to climb this mountain? And I can see in their eyes, they don't think I can. Right. And sometimes I have the question too, yeah, I'm small, I'm weak, I'm slow, how can I do it? But the most important is what you, what's the conversation you are having with yourself. So I told myself, yeah, I'm not the strongest one. I'm not the fastest one. I may not succeed, but I'm not going to be the one who tell myself no. Until say doctor tell me you are sick, you cannot really continue. Or the leader say it's not safe for you to continue. Mountain say it's not uh, safe for you to continue, whether not cooperating. I don't fight those the that that reasonable factors, but the mind inside ourselves is what I can control. I can tell myself, I don't say no to myself. I want to try my best. Because my motivation to climb Everest, the beginning was, yeah, I'm just an ordinary person. I want to try something people call extraordinary. At beginning was unfashionable because for me to think that's impossible for me, a book nerd with no athletic background to go climb that. But I have this daydream. I want to try it. So I just, all right, I want to see how far I can go. And over so many years, I had so many friends cheering for me, supporting me, encouraging me. So I know they are living their dream vicariously through me. So I need to show them what an ordinary person can achieve by putting in the best effort. I can't be the first person to say, I have to do my best to continue going so I can show the world. Ordinary person, putting your best effort, you have a chance. Doesn't matter, you have never winged anything before. You have never scored something big but there's always a first time if you encourage yourself to keep going there will be a first time you're going to achieve something extraordinary so don't give up on any dream you have go work on that and i'm happy to be the one to cheer you up to help you to guide you and as you guys can see in the background journey with lay uh she has her own website journeywithlay.com and she has some amazing pictures of her journey climbing these mountains and they, she actually breaks it down um each of the climbs they've got some pictures of the mount everest and um it is just amazing to see this story like i said you know you're the first asian woman to do this and complete this task it's not an easy task 
for anyone to do. And the fact that you did it pretty much with no, any special type of training, it's just something you put in your head, left it in your head and just said, I'm not going to fail at this. You know, I'm, I'm going to get this done. And, you know, for me, I probably would have been done on the first mountain. <laughs> um, <laughs> I need to add to that part is I start out with no special talent, no special training. But over the six years, I did a lot of training. I put in every evening, every weekend, every vacation into training. I took lessons from the best mountain guides in New England area. I had an amazing <coughs> personal trainer, Dave Mimont, that he ran the training facility called Strength Discovery. He is an amazing trainer, coach. He trained me not only physically strong, but also mentally strong. So I want to give a big shout out to him. What? So what kind of mental training do they prepare you for? Like what, do they have something like, like meditation or things of that sort? What what exactly do they prepare you for mentally? I would Something say like tough love. Because, you know, as I mentioned, in the winter in New England, we all know, like we have amazing winter. One day you have a warm t-shirt day. Next day you have a freezing <laughs> rain and trail street all covered in a sheet of ice. And it's brutally cold and windy. So when my trainer gave me the, training plan at the beginning I was like this is too cold how am I going to go out to do this training <laughs> and the trail they covered in ice how am I going to go do the training and my trainer told me will it be blue sky and sunny every day on Everest are you going to say no I'm not going to climb because the weather is not good on mountains so doesn't matter what's outside put on proper gear go out train so he does not let me cut a slack. She does not me to give up too easily. He pushed me. He gave me the training plan. Sometimes I have to excuse it. I said, oh, like I'm hungry. I did not sleep enough. I cannot do this training. I'm too busy to do this. No, no excuses. If you want to climb Everest, you have to be a tough person. You have to be able to stand up against any hurdle, hardships. You cannot just be the one, oh, I'm going to cry. I cannot do this. Can someone take care of me? If you want to climb Everest, if you want to achieve some big dream, you got to be tough, be strong yourself. You have to have a lot of internal powers. So he trained me during the training. No excuse. It doesn't matter what's the weather. It doesn't matter. You didn't have time today. You're too busy. You, like, timing not perfect. You didn't eat properly. You didn't sleep. No. Nope. You're going to find a solution to get it done. So that's wow. the mental part. Wow. And like we, you talked about, you said that you know that you've now turned this accomplishment into helping people and coaching people to you know, reach their goals and to reach their dreams. So I want to give you some time. Actually, we're going to go a little bit over with you because I want you to just kind of talk about that and how they can reach you if they are looking for someone like you to coach them. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, definitely. So I want to pass on what I learned from climbing to people in everyday life, in everyday profession. I want to empower you, give you that kind of confidence. I will give you the tough love, but not in a rude way. It will be help you to discover the power within you so you can achieve anything you want. And for people who want to reach out to me, 
my website is journeywithlei.com, lei spelled L-E-I, and then my email is lei, L-E-I, at journeywithlei.com. Nice. And the, uh, one last question I do have for you. Um, I know when I watch uh, Survivor, which I'm a, a big fan of the show Survivor, um, there's lots of times that the people do this 30 days on just Survivor and they end up with health problems after doing the show. A lot of people don't realize this. This is one of the things that goes on behind the scenes. Um, when you got sick and you went back up to Everest and then you had the issue with the bottles, did you suffer any type of um, illness that, that stayed with you or any type of um, injuries or things of that sort from this journey? No, because oh, one thing is climbing is a great dream. It's a great pursue any big dream, any adventure, but no summit worth losing a limb, losing a finger, losing some whatever your health, because the purpose of pursuing the dream is to enhance our life, to make our life better, not to pay the price that you shouldn't pay. So when I went back to climbing after the sickness, I was fully recovered because I took a lot of medicine during those five days. So doctor cleared me that I didn't have any issues. Otherwise, I wouldn't go for dream death at any cost because mountain is always there. You can always have another opportunity to pursue this dream or that dream, but you can't pay the price of your own health. Nice. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. A lot of people out here giving you props. It's good stuff to have you on. And it's it's an amazing accomplishment to have somebody on like you that has done something like this. This is just insane. I, I, I could never, I could never do it Physi- physically. I could never do it because I suffer from, and a lot of people don't know this. I suffer from Raynaud's, um, which is because I was a mechanic and I used a lot of tools that vibrate. Um, it's crushed my veins and my fingertips. So what happens is, is I can go to the frozen food section at Shaw's or a supermarket. And for me, it's like, I got to get in and get out because I can get frostbite like that. Even just going into the supermarket freezer section because my veins are collapsed and the blood flow is poor in my extremities from all that damage of vibrating tools. Um, It's one of these things that mechanics go through. And um, in the winters, I have to really keep my fingers covered so if it's 20 degrees less i have to keep my fingers really protected or else i can get into some serious serious trouble so i i'm like envious of you that you was able to do this and the view oh my god the view must have been when you got up there what did it feel like when you finally got up there was it nighttime or was it daytime when you got to the top of the peak i got up um top of uh, everest was like 8 a.m However, I didn't get to see the earth was around or I can, didn't get to see another country or something because we went up in a storm, was totally wiped out. We couldn't oh. see anything. You only know you are on top of the world, but you can't see the world. What's it's it? It's in your heart. What's it got to be? A storm conditions up at the top of Everest has to be insane. It's, <laughs> it could be nothing that could be compared to complete whiteout. Um, yeah, that, that was a quite an experience. When the old night, when we were ascending to the summit, it was snowing pretty hard, windy, and at some, at some moment, even there was lightning. And I would calculate, oh my God, am I going to make a history if I die from lightning on average? And I said, I have never heard of that. So I think the chance will be low. So I, oh. yeah, the lightning was only like occasionally, I was like, oh my God, lightning on Everest. 
and luckily <laughs> later on the wind died down, so that was able. Otherwise, if wind didn't die down, it would be too dangerous to push on. So wind finally died down, and whiteout was okay because we can just keep going. We know the track. Right, right. Wow, craziness. And the last question I have for you before I let you go. Is there anything on your table that you think you might want to conquer next? My dream now is to help other women, other women to reach their dreams. And actually, I would explain like doesn't matter, men or women. If you have a dream and you truly, truly want to achieve that, I'm happy to be your guide on this journey. So if anybody out there, Felicia, Dougie Brown, all you people in the chat, Kevin, Viana Marie, everybody who's watching this show live right now, if you think you have a dream or if you even think you want to complete this climb, um, this is the lady you want to reach out to her website, journeywithlay.com, and reach out to her. And are you on any social media like Instagram or um, Twitter that they can follow you on? Yeah. Oh, my in social media handle is the Journey with Lay. So you can find me anywhere. Nice. Uh, Felicia Damon, give me the, the prayer hands saying thank you very much. She's blessing you for coming on the show. Um, <clears throat> I got a lot of people saying hello. So, Lay, I want to thank you for coming on this show with us tonight. It has been freaking awesome to have someone like you on the show. I'm, I'm pretty ecstatic about this. Um, and I, I, I don't know what else to say because you're the first person I've had on like this that's kind of blew me away with this accomplishment because this isn't a simple task, people. This is, you know, we're talking about Everest, but this woman did all seven peaks, and, and it's just amazing. So I, I give you my commends, and uh, I want to thank, thank you for you coming so on. Thank you so much for having me. No, no problem. So what we're going to do here, we're going to take a quick break here, and um, I'm going to come back with the booth and give you guys um, – put up a little thing here for you guys to check out in a second i'm gonna take a quick break i'm gonna be back with more booth after this in about two or three minutes so uh again gotta thank lei wang and we'll be back with more booth All right, guys, we're back here in the booth. I actually was talking with Lay off air, and she, um, because she does this thing where she talks to people about reaching their goals and being a life coach, 
we were just talking about a topic that is in my entertainment booth, and I feel like that she can hang on with us and talk with us about this issue because this issue is is getting a lot of attention. Um, I was actually upset because somebody had said some things. So I'm going to blow through some of these stories so we can get to the topics that I want her to talk about. So again, let's thank my sponsors, MDB Electronics. Uh, This is the guy that fixes my controllers on my Xbox and gets me back to gaming. Viana Marie, her music is heard everywhere streaming. I've got some news about her coming up later on the show. Tactical Target Systems, this is the guy who provides me with my targets when I go off to the range and get ready for the zombie apocalypse. And there's our winner of our last shirt. I love bostonsports.com. John Hayes. Actually, Mike Smith is the last winner. I've got to get his shirt. Carl Bunnell, veteran owned old colony pest control. I got to thank him for being a sponsor of the show. And let's get right into the news booth. New news booth today. Um, I did have a breaking story. That's not up here yet. Boston hospital is the latest hospital to refuse an organ transplant to someone who chose not to get vaccinated. So I guess a hospital policy that's out there right now is that if you are to get an organ transplant, you sh- you have to agree to a vaccination. If you refuse, hospitals are now turning you away. You're now moving down the list, and anybody who's vaccinated moves up on the transplant list. It's just going to be another ugly thing for people to debate back and forth, but this is what's going on now, and this is going to be another decision for people to make. Um, Dorchester man who was shot in the head at Braintree South Shore Plaza this past weekend, um, he has now passed away. The suspect is still at large. Hopefully they can catch this person. Also in the news poof, Two mass DOT employees were fired after Friday afternoon. They let a car get trapped on the bridge as the bridge was going up over at the Chelsea Street Bridge near where I work. Um, they were immediately fired this week. Shame on them for not paying attention. Also, in the news booth, a truck with 100 monkeys crashed. <laughs> and three or four or five of the monkeys are missing. Four or five of these monkeys are missing. I'm not happy about this. This is how zombie apocalypse and things of that sort begin. I'm not happy at the fact that three monkeys are missing. If anybody saw 28 days later in 28 days, y'all know what I'm talking about. This is insane. This is crazy. I hope they find the monkeys. I'm scared. And you know, this is my feelings on this one. Jesus. I've been waiting out of your home. Tap dancing Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Lay said they probably wait they look look i'm scared of the zombie apocalypse i'm not happy with this um in the legal booth uh donald trump his family and all of his people who were trying to coerce the georgia election count um they're all being questioned now we're now getting into the court part of these things um last week eric trump 500 times he instituted the fifth amendment um, 500 times. It's the most anybody's ever taken that action. So we want to keep an eye on this. They're now brought Ivanka Trump in for her information on January 6th. Um, they're bringing in all these people who are involved with trying to get Georgia to change the votes. I've got my guys, Kenneth Diesenhoff and Robert Resnick, my two attorneys. They will be on the show the first Tuesday of the month. We're going to break this down and discuss this with my legal guys so we can have the actual factual information about this story and where to go. Uh, in the entertainment booth, people, Robert Paulson, rest in peace, 74 years old, meatloaf, passed away. He was known for 
Paradise by the Dashboard Light, a ton of music. He was in Rocky Horror Picture Show. Uh, he passed away. I'm not bringing any politics in this. I know a lot of people are bringing politics into his death. I'm not doing that. The man made great music, and rest in peace. Also, Louis Anderson, he passed away, 68 years old. He passed away from blood cancer. Cancer sucks. We've said that on this show many, many times. And now this is the reason why I wanted Lay to stay on this show. Um, this week, actually this weekend, we had two tragic deaths of two young people. Both people were 26 years old, and both of their parents are well-known actors and actresses. Regina King's son, Regina King, who you guys know, is the actress from 227, and she's now built herself up to be on a ton of shows on HBO. She had a big Netflix movie out there. Um, Regina King's son, 26 years old, Ian Alexander, he committed suicide last week. He was only, again, 26 years old. And then today, Michael Madsen, you guys know him. He was in Kill Bill 1, Kill Bill 2. His son, Hudson Madsen, 26 years old, he killed himself and took his own life to suicide. Now, if you guys also don't forget, Chris Daughtry of Daughtry in American Idol, his daughter was found dead last month. Um, This past week, they announced that she had also committed suicide Sinead O'Connor, her son, committed suicide. And the reason why I've got Lay staying on with me to talk about this real quick, um, a lot of people on Facebook and social media are pissing me off right now because one of the weirdest and craziest and stupidest things I hear is people say, their celebrities are children. How hard could their life be? They've got a ton of money. And it. I want to just punch these people because it's like, Mental illness has nothing to... Money doesn't help happiness. And I'm going to let you, you... You're a coach. I'm going to let you get into this and, and, and explain why you can have all the money. You can have all the fame. You can have all this stuff, yet still be so unhappy at not achieving whatever to the point where you take your own life. And at a young age, this isn't... These are young kids, young kids with their lives ahead of them, 26 years old. It's just... I'm going to let you speak on this because I think this is a very good topic for you to speak on. Thank you, Keith. Yeah. So for the mental illness or even for people who didn't have mental illness that have a suicidal thought, this is definitely money, wealth, material, normally is not the reason. It's the emotion, it's the mental challenge we're facing. So when I say mental challenge, so I mean, even if you're not mentally sick in the medical term, we face a lot of mental challenge, face a lot of stress. And when that's not properly taken care of, <coughs> then I spiral into the suicidal thoughts. So I think it's very important to recognize the way to fight against suicidal thoughts, fight against depression is love. It's love from the people around you, love from family, from parents, from friends, from society. Because right now, yes, social media is very brutal a lot of times. So it's very important for people around us, around whoever, to give a lot of love, support. So when we say something on social media, we say something to our friends, we need to think what impact we have on them. Because anyone, even normal person, if run into the depression situation without proper love, proper help, 
transpiral down into the wrong side can be very dangerous. Like I, I can give a personal experience that is very recent. Go for it. Yeah, so my father passed away last year. So my parents live in China and, and people, maybe you don't know that travel to China is very difficult during the past two years, especially for people who are not Chinese citizens. Like I have an American passport, so I cannot go to China easily. So when my father passed away mid of last year, <coughs> I was in America. My brother was in Germany. That's the only two children my mom has. Both of us couldn't go back to China. My mom handled that alone. That was very hard. My mom was desperate. Just think about an old lady in her 80s. Her husband of 55 years just passed and her two children cannot come home to be of support at that moment. That was so hard. My mom couldn't sleep and keep on talking about like, what's the point for her to live, right? She felt like, she, she felt she's useless. She felt she's like, what's the value? Like, what's my existence? What's the point? What's the meaning of my life? She's just desperate at that time. The only thing we can do is support her emotionally, give her a lot of love and help her to see the value. So I told my mom, I say, well, if you don't want to live, think about us, we'll be orphans. Who will be in the world for us? So you, we need you to live strongly. I need you to live healthily because you are living for all of us. You are the one holding up this family. So that helped her to see her value. So a lot of times people, when they don't see the hope, don't see their value, don't see they are being wanted, they can have all kinds of negative thoughts. My mom doesn't have any mental sickness, just in the situation was super depressing for her. And we were desperate, we couldn't go back to China to support her. So I think a lot of situations, I wouldn't, I wouldn't slightly to compare this situation with those young kids who were committing suicide. Every situation is different, but I think in general, we just need to be careful how we act, how we speak that affects the people around us. It's important everyone as suspected to those kind of some just dangerous thoughts. We need to be careful with every action, every word to be showing the love showing the support to people around, even strangers. You never know what you said to a stranger changed their life. Like when I was on the mountain, there's a lot of people, I don't know who they are, but they gave me the encouragement when I was really exhausted. That helps. So a very simple action of kindness may bring some other people a hope. Maybe someone like, I think that maybe that was in the novel or somewhere I read, like when someone was like standing on a bridge thinking about jumping off the bridge and then there's a kid coming by, showed him some love, then he changed his mind. So a simple action of kindness can have a positive impact on other people. So when we have a choice, let's do more kind, loving action for everyone around us. And, you know, you're, you're speaking from the heart right now. And a lot of people, um, Felicia says, I couldn't even imagine my parents died within one year of each other after 56 years of marriage. 
My mom suffered from depression on top of her cancer. Grateful I was there for her. And you also bring up China. And one of the things that I know that I was talking with my brother about China about is that there was a lot of Chinese young actors in China and Taiwan who also um, commit suicide over there at young, young ages because the social media over there is so ruthless and, and it's just so nasty. And these kids, they these young kids, they get that, that insane amount of abuse over social media and then they take their own lives. And it's just tough that there's nobody there to help them. Um, I really want to thank you for hanging on with us and just, I wanted to get that topic and it's nice to have you come on and um, I got to thank you for that. So again, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for this opportunity. Yeah. I just want to encourage everyone. doesn't matter. You are speaking to a person in person or you're posting something on social media. Think about if you have a choice, do something that is kind, that is loving, then we all make this world a better place. Thank you. So what we're going to do, I'm going to take a break here, get ready to let her go. So what I'm going to do here on this break, I'm going to put up the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. I'm going to put that up while I say my goodbyes to Lay, but I want everybody to take this down and write it down and put it somewhere. And hold on here. I'm going to put it up. We're going to take a break, and we're going to be back after this with more Booth, City of Champions. All right, your boy, since one, I'm back here broadcasting live from the City of Champions. You are listening to the booth. And actually, I'm going to get myself back on here on the camera so you guys can see me on here and check me out. Let me just get myself on here. Boom. And I hold on. I've got my dog down here. <laughs> um, oh, my God. Stop it, Juby. My dog is down here, and I'm trying to get myself back on camera for you guys. Um, so I can get back on here, <laughs> but she's not allowing me to get back on here with you guys. So hold on. I'm just working on here to get myself back in properties.
Just hold tight. Hold tight. Hold tight, guys. Boom. Boom. I'm just trying to get back in here. She threw me off. My dog threw me off. She caught me uh, off guard here. And I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the show tonight. It's been good. Um, i got to get into more of these topics with you guys. Um, and I think I'm ready to do this. Cool. So hopefully you guys were able to check out that number. And um, it's tough. Suicide is tough. 26 years old, losing and burying a child. I would never wish that on anybody. Um, again, there's the Suicide Prevention National Lifeline, 1-800-273-TALK-8255. And I got to thank everybody for tuning in and hanging out with me on this show tonight. Um, as I said, it's a tough one. Oh, let's see. In the entertainment booth. We're still in the entertainment booth. New Lego Star Wars game is coming out. The Skywalker Saga launch date has been revealed. The game is due out April 5th. And for me, that's horrible marketing, people. If I'm sitting in the room of Lego Star Wars production team and marketing, why are we releasing this game on April 5th? May the 4th. May the 4th be with you. Why are we not releasing this game on May the 4th? That's when I would have released it if I was Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker Soccer. This would be the best time to tie in to that May the 4th and release thing. April 5th does nothing for me. Why wait the one? Why not wait the one month and, and release it on May the fourth? I don't know. Somebody should be fired over there at Lego Star Wars. In my book. <laughs> also, last week I announced on this show that Microsoft Xbox had bought bought Activision and Blizzard for sixty five point billion dollars, and a lot of people were saying it's not that big of a deal. It doesn't mean nothing. PlayStation's still the dominant. Guess what? It's not. $20 billion Sony stock dropped after the announcement. $20 billion is crazy. It's unbelievable. It's 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 un- insane. It's insane. I, I just I just can't believe it. So if you're it so a lot of people say, oh well I play this and I play that. Look. When your stock drops $20 billion, you're now affecting your shareholders. You are now affecting your shareholders. It has nothing to do with the gamers now. It's about the people who invest in your company, and you have to make them feel comfortable and let them know that you're going to be doing the right things to stay in this battle. And right now, it the shareholders don't look like that they are feeling confident with Sony. So this is going to be very interesting to watch and see where this goes and, and what we're going to do. Um Getting into the sports booth, Jason Tatum this past weekend torched the Wizards for 51 points, and it now puts Jason Tatum in an elite class of those players who have scored 51 points. So for all you guys out here who are talking about we need to trade this person or we need to trade that person, sit down. Sit down. 
Stop it. We ain't getting rid of Jason Tatum. And y'all, you, you all about to see me go on a serious rant right now on this show. So if you tuned into this show, it's about to get real ugly up in here when we get into the NFL. Um, Major League Baseball, robot umpires were used in some of the uh, minor league games last year. It was so successful that the robot umpires are going to be moved up into the triple A. That's one step outside of getting into the MLB itself. Robots will now be used to call strikes, call balls. Uh, We had some questionable calls last year all season long in the MLB with strike zones. You know, you get guys behind the plate and they're not consistent with how they call their strikes and their balls. Um, A robot is going to be on point. It's going to nail it every time. Um, let's see what happens here because they're using it in triple a, they're going to watch it. If this is an over success in at the triple a level, if the players like it, this is going to be another job gone. Umpires will go by the wayside. It will all be done by computer technology. Fox is already using the computerized strike zone to kind of make the umpires look bad. We saw some during the playoffs in world series where there were some questionable calls in some games and you know, the robot had it right where it should be calling it a strike. And you know, this umpire called it a ball. This umpire called it a strike. This is one of those things that people, you need to pay attention um, because this is, this is going to be it. This is going to be one of those things. And um, I think we need to just keep an eye on it. Keep an eye on it. Um, I, I'm getting to it, Felicia already getting to it. Francis Naganu reveals he completely tore his MCL three weeks prior to UFC 270. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. He was cleared. He had stem cell treatment <clears throat> on his eight MCL, and he was cleared to fight. He defeated Gain and Cyro Gain. Um, unanimous decision. So I, I can't I can't believe it. And he was on an M- he had to have made more damage to the MCL. He had to tour more because they had a brawl. These dudes brawl. Also, breaking news before we went on the air, as I mentioned at the top of the show, Big Poppy is in. First time ballot. It, it, it's a big thing for him because this is the whole steroid discussion and all you people out there talking about the steroids. Look, Big Poppy, when the steroid scandal hit, let's talk about this. Let's really talk about Big Poppy and the steroids. First of all, he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame first time ballot. There was some there was some talk about Shaughnessy not writing him in or something of that sort. I think that was just BS. I, I couldn't see Shaughnessy not Shaughnessy had no issues with Big Poppy. So I think that's just Boston media trying to stir up BS. Um but yes, Big Poppy made it into the Hall of Fame. Real happy for him. As far as the steroids go, y'all remember when this, I was actually on crashing into the big field when this happened, when this whole thing came down with Big Poppy. Big Poppy was a spokesperson at that time. And then all of a sudden, Big Poppy popped up dirty. He was pissed and he didn't get much into it, but he said that he would never trust any doctors or any team doctors of any sort ever again. That let me believe and put a, a thing in my mind that a lot of these players who were testing positive for steroids, guess what? They might be getting injected with steroids and not even know it. Because Big Poppy, he, he was being a spokesperson and all this stuff. And then he came up dirty and it made him look like a hypocrite. And he was pissed. He was pissed at the MLB. He was pissed at the you know the Red Sox organization. He was pissed at the team doctors. 
because it's all about money. It's all about money. So all you people out there who are sitting there talking about Big Poppy this and Big Poppy that and Big Poppy and steroids, I got something for you. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Me and me and Jesse Williams is like this tonight. We're like this tonight. <laughs> oh man, we are like this tonight. Okay. In the sports booth, Aaron Rodgers sacks Joe Biden after his loss. Um, Joe Biden had made a joke about Aaron's vaccination status. As you guys know, that he lied about being vaccinated, and then he ended up with COVID and caused a whole lot of problems for Green Bay. And then karma bites him in the butt, and the Green Bay Packers lose to the San Francisco 49ers, and their kicker, Robbie Gould, kicks a friggin' field goal in the snow at Lambeau Field to advance to the NFC Championship game. And Aaron Rodgers, in his interview the next day, instead of just talking about how he let his team down and couldn't score more than 14 points at Lambeau Field and allowed the Niners to win, he decides to go on a fake White House rant (laughs) about Joe Biden to cover up the fact that, once again, he was a choke artist in the NFC playoffs. Hey, Aaron Rodgers, sit down. That's for you, Aaron. Nothing else left to say. All right. Um, Sean Payton, coach of the New Orleans Saints. They had a tough season this year. Sean Payton is actually stepping away from the game. He is going to retire, sources say. Um, He actually has a movie coming out about his time during suspension when he coached his kid's football team. And it looks like that, you know, the, the issue here was is that his dad was never around for him because he was coaching the football team. So um, Sean Payton looks like he's going away. There's some rumors, rumors that he's leaving the Saints and going to coach Tampa Bay because Tampa Bay supposedly has some issues with Bruce Arians. I don't think so. I think this is all rumors. I think this is all BS. I don't think this is happening. I don't see it coming. Also, wait, 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 wait. Cancel culture, stop the presses. You saw this. I put this up. You can't cancel Al Michaels. Al Michaels was calling the game. At the end of the game, he said it was a gay field goal. And all of a sudden, you saw people talking shit (laughs) on social media and all this. And, and hey, if you got to watch football, it was a gay football. It was a gay field goal. The kicker's name is Matt Gay. So all y'all cancel culture people who all of a sudden ears woke up and was tumbo, he called his kick a gay field goal. Who the hell does Al Michaels think he is? Al Michaels is the guy that's been calling sports for many, many years, and there's no way that Al Michaels would pick on somebody and call it a gay field goal. The guy's name who kicked the winning field goal was Matt Gay. Matt Gay. So all you Culture, vulture, cancel culture, whatever. Sit down. Sit down. Sit your asses down. Al Michaels, I got your back. I got your back, Al. (laughs) Also, in what was one of the best friggin' NFL weekends of all time in football, we got three walk-off field goals. 
we got an overtime game where we had two touchdowns in 52 seconds. Everybody is calling this the greatest playoff weekend of all time. You don't believe me? Go back and watch all of my posts from this weekend. And hey, don't get on my posts reading it two days later and then laugh and say, oh, this, this aged well. I got people that skip play. Uh, some other people jumping on my post because I had posted about them going up and, and I said, make me, prove me wrong, Mahomes. Prove me wrong. But people didn't see all that. They only saw the one post I put up and said that they that Buffalo scored and how um, Mahomes and them were probably done. But there was two plays left, and everybody's on there talking about this aged well. Well, hold on, did you not? Were you not following me in real time? Because I put up a whole another post thirteen seconds later talking about prove me wrong, and they did. They proved me wrong. They proved me wrong. So all you guys out here talking about. Oh, you was wrong, and this and that. No, I wasn't wrong. Pay attention. Follow me in real time, okay? Okay? So do all you people sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. For all you people who was out there talking about, oh, um, he isn't that good of a quarterback, and this and that, talking about Buffalo and stuff. Y'all saw what he did. To Kansas City, right? Y'all saw all y'all complained about defenses. There was no look, look, y'all complained about the Patriots defense all year long. All year long. And I told people it isn't the Patriots defense. It's the way that the defenses are being played in the NFL. You don't think so? Look at this weekend's games. There was absolutely no defense at all. It was the maddenization of the NFL, as I've been saying for the last five years. Two touchdowns in 53, 52, 53 seconds. There was no defense there. There was no defense when the Rams threw, when, when Matthew Stafford threw that ball down the field. Where was the defense? That stupid-ass prevent defense. And then allowed them to kick the field goal and take that win. Listen, man, good game. Good game. And then... Y'all want to come on here, Kansas City, Buffalo Bills, toe-to-toe, back and forth. It was like it was like a Muhammad Ali-Frazier fight, back and forth, blow for blow. It was insane. And then they go into overtime. And they go into overtime, Kansas City wins the toss, They elect to receive. Kansas City goes right down the field. And he hits Travis Kelsey for the game-winning touchdown in the end zone. And you know what happens? Again, all you social media buffoons are jumping online talking about, we need to change the overtime rules. What for? What for? The other team should get a possession. They won the toss. Just back in 2000, I think two, I think I got the schematic. It's it's coming up from Fox. It's coming up. But just when this rule, y'all was pissed because you all said that games were decided by the coin toss and whoever got the ball always wins. 
And then they go down and they kick a field goal to win. That's not good enough. We need to change the rules. So they changed the rules. And they said, if you put it in the end zone, you win. If you kick a field goal, the other team gets the ball. They get to go down the field and they can either kick a field goal, tie it up, and we go into more overtime, or they can go down the field, score a touchdown, and then they win the game on the touchdown against your field goal. But I got all these people out there. Oh, Kansas City marched right down the field, and they 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 won the game, and, and Buffalo didn't get their chance. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. Buffalo had their chance. Buffalo had their chance twice. Buffalo special teams had the chance to pin them back so they couldn't drive down the field. But their special teams failed at doing that. Then their defense came out. And their defense had four downs to stop Kansas City from getting that ball into the end zone. Guess what? They failed at that. So again, all you people talking about change the overtime rules and we need to switch this. Come on now. Really? Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Stop it. We don't need to change any overtime rules because you know what's going to happen. We're going to change the overtime rules and then it's going to be they'll score. Then people again are not going to be happy. They're going to want to look and make it some other way. You all are the problem with society right now. If you lose, take the L and shut up. Play defense. If you take the L, sit down. That's it. Nothing else. Stop it. Here we go. Let me put this up here for you guys. Let's just break this down for you right now. First of all, boom. Let me get this up here. Big Poppy Ortiz, 34. Welcome to Cooperstown. First time balloter. Real happy over that. Pretty happy. Pretty excited. And then let's get this up here for you. Overtime playoff games since the overtime rules went into effect. One on the coin toss, won their games, one loss. So every team that's won the coin toss has won the game. All the W's are all wins. And you guys can see the Patriots were there and the Super Bowls, and then we've got these divisional games right here. The only team that's lost a Super Bowl after winning the coin toss was the Saints in 2019 in the NFC Championship games. And people are going to say, well, this and that and this and that. There's There's no this and that. Play defense. Play defense. That's all I got to say. There's nothing else there but play defense. You let a team go 80 yards and score seven points to win in overtime. That means you didn't play defense. Period. Period. So all y'all with the overtime, sit down. Got me going crazy out here. (laughs) And Tom Brady. If you guys out here watching this, uh, the rumors are Tom Brady's getting ready to retire. And to be honest, I was saying that I wrote a thing back in 2020 when he was getting ready to leave and go to Tampa Bay. 
there were some things professionally that I said that let me know he's retiring in two years. And this is all part of his strategic plan. He knew that he was going to be unleashing his Brady brand in two years. Okay. That was one of the things he knew this. He knew this. His wife is the person who helps him with his branding because she took and made a ton of money for Victoria's Secret. She knows she's the one that got him the Uggs deal. She's the one that got him the, the Stetson Cologne deal. She's the woman that has gotten him on point behind the scenes with his marketing because he didn't do crap. He got on He got on Jay Leno one night and um, he admitted, no, Jimmy Kimmel. He was on Jimmy Kimmel and he did something that no man ever did and that was give his wife credit for a lot of stuff that he didn't know about. So she knows how to work branding. And she did this perfect. The TV show, the little TV show, Man in the Arena, they held off this week. The final episode was supposed to be this week. People are like, wait a minute, where's the episode? It didn't come out because he's going to retire on this show. He's done. He's not staying. He's all done. When he left Massachusetts for Tampa Bay, he already had, and I said this on this show, the day when it was announced, he had already had Tampa Bay. He had already had three or four things already copyrighted. Again, if you're in business, do you know how long it takes to copyright something and get the copyrights? Because when you pay that $600, there's a search that goes into place. And then when the search, you can't do anything until the search comes back before they issue you the trademark. He already had these things trademarked before he was even down into Tampa Bay, which lets me know that he had already knew what he was doing. He knew that leaving New England and going to the NFC and 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 making his brand better by getting a Super Bowl in the NFC was going to add to his brand, and it worked. It was a gamble, but it worked. And a lot of people are saying, well, he walked away from money on the table. He didn't walk away from money on the table. People are saying, well, he walked away because he got tired of taking the pay cut. He wasn't tired of taking the pay cut because Brady was well off. Brady has said it time and time again. He don't need any money. His wife, he said it, his wife got them in a good place. She's the moneymaker. She was the moneymaker. Okay? So stop it. Tom Brady knew what he was doing. I said this two years ago, and it's going just like I said it was going to go. Great prediction here um, if he retires. Because I looked at it from the business aspect and the business moves he was making. So... There's nothing about all this stuff about he hates Patriots and this and that. I'm pretty sure he, when he retires, um, he's going to be doing it in the Patriots uniform. And here's the other thing, too. This week, he said that if he was to retire, <clears throat> he doesn't want a big fanfare. He doesn't want to do a farewell tour. You know why? You know why he said that, people? Because he knows that he's 44 years old. He's 44 years old. He knows that when he retires, guess what's going to happen? Because I don't think anybody in the league is going to say no. I don't think anybody, because it's because of him, Peyton Manning, and several other players that they was able to get the deal done and the lockout done. If it wasn't for Tom Brady and that group of quarterbacks and Bob Kraft as the owner, if it wasn't for them, football would have never came back from the lockout. So a lot of guys love Tom Brady for that. So I can tell you right now, there's two things here that I'm going to put another prediction on. If Tom Brady de if decides to retire this year, 
I am pretty sure that the NFL Players Union, the NFL um, owners, and everybody involved with the Hall of Fame, Tom Brady will be fast-tracked into the Hall of Fame, into Canton. I'm not going to say it would be within a year, but I'm telling you right now, if Tom Brady retires this year, he will probably be going into Canton in three years. And I don't think there'll be anybody, anybody who will question it, anybody doubting it, or say, I don't think there'll be anybody who will disagree with it. Because if there's anybody who disagrees with Tom Brady being fast-tracked into the Hall of Fame, if he retires at 44, sit down. Sit down. <laughs> I told y'all I was going to be good friends with Jesse Williams tonight. Good friends with Jesse Williams tonight. That That's my opinion. And I'm going to go a little step further. If Tom Brady retires this season, I feel... Right now, with the comments that he made about family and children, I have a feeling that Giselle is pregnant. That's my other prediction. Giselle is pregnant. And Tom Brady has missed a lot of his other kids growing up. Retire now. And you've now got a child that you can now raise. He can still run his Brady brand and, and, and oversee the day-to-day, but it's nothing like two-a-days in, in the summer for training camp, um, all these OA meetings and things of that sort. <clears throat> so I would not be surprised if Giselle announces she's pregnant shortly after Brady retires. I would not be surprised. And if it happens, you guys can say, damn, you heard it here first in the booth because we've done a good job of predicting crap on this show. So um, that's my prediction. Um, that's my feeling. I, I feel like if she's pregnant, I, I wouldn't be surprised that Giselle put her foot down and told Tom Brady, sit down. Because <laughs> I'm pregnant and I'm, I want you to be here for this one. For 365 days of the year, week <laughs> of the year. <laughs> I'm dead serious. Um, that's my prediction. So we're going to go there. Uh, let's get into the Biden bombshells. Biden bombshells closing out the show. The man in charge of the White House isn't Joe Biden. Look, look, I know people are unhappy with Joe Biden. I myself, the man gave two great speeches in the past two months. Two great speeches. And then they bounced back. And one of this this last speech that he gave was horrible. Now, I already said, I know that his press people are writing the speeches for him and this and that. But now it's the point where he's saying things in his press conference, and then they're going to clarify, and they're saying, well, this isn't the plan that we have. So obviously, again, there are other people calling the shots in the White House. And to be honest, rightfully so. We, we know this. We know that the person who's elected as president <clears throat> is the faceplate. We know that behind the scenes, there are other people who run this country and call the shots in the, in the Congress and Senate and all of that stuff. We all know that who know politics. If I had to make a prediction as we get ready to get out of here so we can get into happy hour with Lito at 9 o'clock and 8.30, Kevin. Um, actually, Maddie's show should be on 8.30. Um, here's my prediction for 2024, people. 
You're not going to see Joe Biden in 2024. <clears throat> 2024. Here's my prediction right now and the way that I'm watching politics go. 2024, in, in my prediction, is going to round out to be on the Republican side. It's going to be DeSantis out of Florida. Governor DeSantis out of Florida. And right now, pay attention, people. This person speaks like Obama. This person did the impossible and got votes down south. But I'm just going to let you all know, I think in 2024, the Democrats are coming with Stacey Abrams out of Georgia. That's my prediction. I'm keeping my eye on the moves down there. Um, I think they're going to keep her squeaky clean from now until 2023. I think the Democrats and the party will make this announcement probably at the end of this year or the beginning of 2023. But I think the ticket for 2024 <clears throat> is going to be Stacey Abrams versus DeSantis, Governor DeSantis out of Florida. And I think you're I I have a feeling you're not going to see the cluster F of candidates that we saw in this last election. We had like I think we had like 18 Democrats running and then on the Republican side, it, you know, it was all just nutbags on the Republican side. I think both parties know that they need to come solid for 2024. Um, I, I'm, I'm just going to predict it now. I think midway through this year or at the end of this year, the Democrats are going to they're going to be putting Stacey Abrams there. And Stacey Abrams is going to be the Democratic Party frontrunner for president for 2024. They got to come strong. A lot of people aren't happy with Joe Biden. Um a lot of people just voted for Biden just so they could get Donald Trump out. So, Tim, you don't know that. You can say Abrams is unqualified, but nobody likes Kamala. I'm just letting you know, Tim. Watch my prediction. Watch what they're doing down there in, in Georgia. Because Obama wasn't that qualified either. He was mayor of Chicago. And, you know, when he came here and spoke at the Democratic Convention in Boston... I knew in my heart that that man was going to be president because I watched and listened to that convention. And when they brought Obama up to speak, it wasn't about his credentials. That man had appeal. That man could speak. And it got him into the White House when it came time. So you can say Abrams is unqualified as Kamala, but I can tell you right now, there's a, there are a lot more people who like her more than Kamala. And I can tell you right now, she's got strength because she was able to pull those votes in Georgia to tip it upside down and win that state that's normally a red state. So when you say she's unqualified, you better do your homework, buddy, because she's not unqualified because she turned that red state blue, boy. She turned it blue. So for me, that's a qualification right there, Tim. All right? I'm just letting you go. I'm just letting you know. You can say she's no she's no Obama, but I'm just letting you know the Democrats have, right now the Democrats have nobody to put in the front 
for 2024. There's really nobody out there. It's going to be Abrams. It's going to be Abrams. So, Tim, take my prediction, and we can place a bet on it. But I can tell you right now, I have a feeling 2024 is going to be Abrams taking on DeSantis out of Florida for the presidential election. He's saying, nope, I'd love to hear who you think the Democrats are going to put forth because I don't see anybody else out there. And um, I'd like to see who you think who the Republicans are. Tim, Tim, before we get out of here, who do you think the Republicans are going to put forth? You don't think, you don't think, you don't think, um, you don't think DeSantis will be the Republican push, Tim? I see you out there. I'm going to have my guys on. I'm going to have my guys on first of the month. Ken Diesel, Rob Resnick. I'm going to talk to them. I'm going to ask them that question myself. Yeah, I don't bet money. Everybody who knows me, I'm not a, I don't bet money. I'm not a guy who bets money. But um, 2028, you think she might be? Uh, I don't think so. I think they have to act now. Who do you think, though, for Republicans? You still haven't answered. Is it DeSantis for the Republicans in 2024? Is that who you think? Yep, yeah, DeSantis. So Tim, Tim's right there. He's been down Florida back and forth. He's thinking DeSantis, too. Um, we'll see. Uh, it's not going to be Trump. <laughs> Trump's going to be lucky he's not in jail, bro. Keep following these cases, man. His son just just did the Fifth Amendment 500 times. This, yeah, this, oh, yeah, exa- okay, no Trump 2024. Yeah, there isn't. No, he got, a, he got too much. He got too much legal hassle coming his way. Ivanka, she ain't about to go to jail, she said. Um, Ivanka is singing right now like a songbird, and I don't know... I don't know. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But hey, 824. I gotta get out get ready to get out of here. Um I gotta check these out right here. Boom. 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 Wanna thank everybody for tuning in to the show, hanging out with the show. Oh, where's my uh, banners at? All my banners. Hold on. My banners are supposed to be coming up right now, and they're not coming up. Here we go. Here we go. Everybody who bought beanies and hats, thank you very much for doing that for me. Also, check out the shows that I produce. She Talks Football, Drafting the Circuits, Oscar Mike Radio. Oscar Mike Radio got some stuff coming. Happy Hour with Lido. Maddie C Sports for you and me in five minutes. John Hayes was the winner of the last T-shirt. Uh, Mike Smith is the is actually this year's, and then um, the A seven FL player registration no pads football kicks off in Boston this year and this weekend. Make sure you contact Viana Marie so you can get in on this February fifth video shoot that's going to happen for her new video. Let's roll with Hillary Banks, and um, it's going to be something else. Going to be something else. Tim says, funny predictions. It's not really funny. We'll, we'll see, though. I'm going to let my guys talk about it um, in regards to uh, Stacey Abrams. We're going to see. We're going to see about that. But I got to get ready to get out of here. 8.30, please check out Maddie C's Sports for You and Me. And then at 9 o'clock, Kevin Jeffries, Happy Hour with Lido, your boy, Sinister One Productions, holding it down. And um, all I got to say right now is, SpongeBob, do me a favor. Take us home. Well, see you next Tuesday. Thank you for listening to The Booth on Hoobazoo and Hatcherradio.com. Please follow the Facebook page and subscribe to the podcast at Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. 
The Booth is a Sinister One production hosted by Sinister One. I've got to start hanging out with friends that are a little more intelligent and understand politics instead. It's just that I'm up on this level up here and all my friends are down here. Me, nah. You guys, nah. Maybe a little more down, down in here. Screw you guys, I'm going home. I smoke, I drink, I do my thing. These bitches hating, so you know I got to make it plain. Don't do cocaine with your chick, my main. We stick together, true forever, yeah, you know we bang. I miss those days, which was easy. If only I made it, you don't repeat. Now that I done upgraded, I've been upstate, but y'all think I'm playing. And I gotta hit now for these weak ass hoes who think I ain't slaying. Try me, try me, and I'll probably end up laughing cause I never back down. I'm that chick with a clean ass whip. I don't need that shit. It's like I'm my own now. I ain't hood, I get tired of fussing, fighting, guess I gotta crack down. Don't mess with me, cause on everything, I'ma have to bring the whole city out. W-H-O-O-B-A-Z-O-O-N-A-T-O-Z-O-C-O-M. W-H-O-O-B-A-Z-O-O-N-A-T-O-Z-O-C-O-M. Get your website, get your website, get your website.